A month or two ago, parents were getting their freshmen ready to head off to college, which means furnishing a dorm room with all the stuff that students now need or expect. I've been through that twice so far. Rather than shipping stuff across the country, my daughter Alice and I, and I did most of our shopping for towels and wastebaskets and such in Washington, D.C., where she went to college. We found a Target. For some reason, we also decided to go to the Bed, Bath, and Beyond in Bethesda, where I was overwhelmed by all the stuff that people apparently think they need. Mountains of stuff. Wow, I said. A sales clerk came over and asked if he could help, and I said, no, we're just a little bit odd. (laughs) And what I meant was A-W-E-D, as in overwhelmed. But I think what the sales clerk heard and maybe saw was odd, (laughs) O-D-D. Fortunately, my daughter, who has never been as easily embarrassed uh, by me as my son, thought this was hilarious. And the truth is, I am easily impressed. I say wow a lot. Yesterday, a pelican took off flying a couple of inches above the water and then rising without appearing to move a muscle or a feather, then it folded up and dove beak first into the bay. Wow. I had a perfect ginger scone at a bakery I discovered last week. Wow. The combination of wisdom and vulnerability in the conversations that follow Centering Prayer on Thursdays make me say wow. The sun rising on Richardson Bay, the Golden Gate Bridge, and Sausalito as I drive my son over the hill to school. Wow. Pretty much everything that comes out of our choir. Wow. If that makes me odd, ODD, I'll claim it. I saw a New Yorker cartoon showing a family in a speedboat on a lake. The lake is going so fast, it's almost vertical. And as the boat screams across the water, One parent says to the other, did you remember to bring the DVD player so the kids won't get bored? (laughs) Especially in our culture, in which people are perpetually looking at one electronic device or another, it is easy to fall into the habit, or dare I say the trap, of living as if life is not filled with wow moments. Our psalm this morning, Psalm 65, is a beautiful poetic, and broad-reaching wow. It is a call to worship, which also means a call to awe and wonder. Praising God is such a persistent theme in the Psalms and in the whole Bible that C.S. Lewis once observed that God must be saying, what I want most is to be told that I am great and good. But in fact, as Lewis points out, praising God Noticing God, noticing the wonder of God's works, feeling awe, are not for God. They are for us. God doesn't need it. We do. We need awe and wonder. Lewis wrote, I noticed how the humblest and at the same time most balanced minds praised most, while the cranks, misfits, and malcontents praised least. Praise almost seems to be 
inner health made audible. Here is why I am happy to claim being odd, A-W-E-D, even if that makes me odd. Awe and wonder are good for us. They are good for our world. We need them. God knows we need them. Psalm 65 tells us we're surrounded by awesomeness, and what is most striking is the breadth of the psalm's subject matter. The things worthy of our awe and praise include prayer being answered and sins being forgiven, God's mighty acts of deliverance and God as a source of hope. Then the psalmist turns to the natural world, the mountains, the roaring seas, the tumult of the peoples. The psalmist sweeps the whole of creation and humanity into awe-inspired praise because awe is what the whole creation has in common. It's what we share. And this is exactly what research shows. Dr. Keltner of the Greater Good Science Center found that awe makes us feel connected to something larger than ourselves. When we experience an inspiring work of art or music, or look out at the Grand Canyon, or watch a new baby squirm, or learn a new mind-expanding theory, we feel a sense of vastness that gives us new perspective on the world and on our place in it. This causes people to become more altruistic, less impatient, less materialistic, and surprisingly, as though they have more time available. Last year, researcher Melanie Rudd and colleagues showed one of two videos to 63 student volunteers. One was a TV commercial designed to inspire happiness. Lots of happy people, lots of happy music, lots of happy thoughts. The second was a television ad designed to inspire awe, with imagery of vastness, including waterfalls and whales and astronauts in space. Now, I was curious about why TV ads were used at all. If you ask me what, uh, to think of what inspires either happiness or awe, TV commercials don't make my list, not even close. But in any event, the researchers checked to make sure that these videos really did make people experience more happiness or more awe. And then the students filled out a questionnaire. And here's the key finding. Students who had just seen the awe-inspiring video were more likely to agree with statements such as, I have lots of time in which I can get things done. And time is expanded. To which I say, Give me some of that. (laughs) Awe offsets the feeling that time is limited, which in turn increased participants' willingness to volunteer their time, made them more likely to prefer experiences like a Broadway show or a baseball game or travel over stuff like a new pair of shoes or an iPad, and, drum roll please, it increased their satisfaction with life. Awe also causes us to feel more grateful. Now, gratitude is not the same as awe. It's the difference between thank you and wow. But here is where we connect with the fact that today is Reformation Sunday. 
Today is the day we remember and celebrate that when Martin Luther tried to address some corruption in the church, he was tossed out on his ear and started a movement. Presbyterians are part of what is called the Reformed tradition, which was begun by John Calvin, who took what Luther had taught and systematized it. People associate Calvin with Calvinism, which is pretty much the same as Puritanism, which H.L. Mencken described as the haunting fear that someone somewhere is having a good time. (laughs) There are plenty of good reasons to criticize John Calvin. But what people forget is that gratitude was at the center of his faith. Calvin believed that God is the ruler and the source of all creation, which God gives to us as a gift, and that our proper response is gratitude, but a very particular kind of gratitude. Out of gratitude, we partner with God in the reforming of creation back to its original purpose, according to God's hopes and desires and love for all of us. The unifying force throughout Psalm 65 is God's lavishness, the glory of creation, the bounty of harvest. They inspire our awe, our wow. But as people of faith, we don't stop there. John Calvin said this about God's gifts. All the blessings we enjoy are divine deposits committed to our trust on this condition, that they should be dispensed for the benefit of our neighbors. Our wow is to be followed closely by our thank you, and then by our action. Now there's a kind of wow another kind of awe that doesn't necessarily lead us to a thank you, but it's something, but it leads us to something else. And this is very much a part of our Reformed tradition as well. <clears throat> For example, did you know that there's something called, <clears throat> excuse me, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? It's a collection of non-biodegradable plastics floating in the northern Pacific Ocean that may be about the size of Texas. It doesn't show up on satellite photos because much of, it is, uh, much of the material is tiny pieces that float just below the surface, but it's there. And it's impacting marine life, and it, therefore it is impacting all life on the planet. Wow. Or did you know that last year, 6.6% of Americans, that's 20.4 million people, were classified as in deep poverty? which is defined as an income 50% or more below the government's official poverty line. That's up from 4.5% in 2000. Wow. This is the kind of awe that motivates us to act, or as Calvin might put it, to partner with God. When you think about it, the church is in the awe business. The church has long practiced what the researchers are now just showing us. The great cathedrals, the magnificent pipe organ, the simple but timeless architecture of our own sanctuary, the silence, the music, the prayers that we share, these are all experiences of worship that are directed toward producing 
a sense of awe that transforms us. It makes sense that worship would be different in different churches, something I'll talk about during this morning's Sunday seminar, because people find different things awesome. But all worship, like this morning's psalm, is designed to point toward the source of all that we are and all that we have and produce in us a sense of wow, followed closely by thank you, followed closely by our action, partnering with God. Today we begin our annual congregational giving campaign. A Presbyterian church doesn't receive any funds from our denomination to keep its doors open. We keep our ministries going. We stay in the business of encouraging awe and transforming lives, which leads us to thank you, which leads to action, only through your gifts. Margaret Melsh is going to say more about this in a bit, but what I will say is that in our tradition, our giving is the awe-filled and grateful response to the gifts from God our Creator, the source of all that we are and all that we have. And our giving is an important way that we partner with God in reforming God's through creation through all of the ministries that we do together. Frederick Beekner says this about worship. A Quaker meeting, a pontifical high mass, the family service at First Presbyterian, a holy roller happening. Unless there is an element of joy and foolishness in the proceedings, the time would be better spent doing something useful. Joy and foolishness. It's a good way to describe awe. May it be so for you and for me. Amen.